0: Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the marketing minds at doConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peek.
1: We're here, episode 103, with Jackie.
2: Hi. Hey, hey, Jackie. How are you guys?
0: Good, good. Doing good fantastic this Ooh. is the craziest i think it's ever been in a good way normally the spring market you know there's just things moving communities opening stuff happening and as we're going to talk about in the news it's just it is organized chaos in the best possible sense of the word but man the market is just T- incredible. Off.
2: right now. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, that's yeah. awesome
1: it's like its own little bubble of positivity like talking to I um, at a quick call with our our Facebook rep and she's like, so how's everything going? Like she could see <laughs> the outside, you know, the front end metrics, which don't really mean sales. I'm like, things are really good. She's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's like, and I showed her like a couple charts, like organic search, you know, year over year, all these types of things. Uh-huh. She's like, this is amazing. Like what in the world? She's like, I would have thought it would have been like the recession, like 2008, 2009. I'm like, well, and uh-huh. I. I gave her like the, the kindergarten level of like, well, there's, there's nothing out there. Like there's no I, inventory. I definitely so. feel
2: like a lot of people are surprised more so oh, yeah. than I'm still surprised. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah
0: this is amazing.
2: <laughs> That's is kind of surprised though.
0: Yeah. Every one of my family members, they kind of are hesitant to bring it up, but then they're like, so how's business? You know, cause they don't yeah. like, well, you, you own a company, so this must be especially painful for you. I'm like No, it's, yeah. it's good. It's, it's, I love it. It's good. All right. Well, let's hop into story time. Anyone feel free to hop in here.
1: I I have a fun one. It's it's story time slash Q&A. So I'll read the question.
0: These are my favorite.
1: Yeah, read it as a question and it's a story. And it came in. There's there's actually two of these emails (laughs) within like 15 minutes of us starting. So I'm like, this is probably good to talk about. (laughs) So there's a coming soon community. This builder wants to make sure they have a big splash. Like it's a big community. They really want to make sure it sells. They have great success from the beginning. Mm-hmm. We already advised them like, hey, you, you have room, everything looks good, like your cost per lead is, is pretty good. Like you might want to consider upping the budget, kind of just proactive, reaching out, uh-huh. letting them know, hey, this is looking looking good. Like how how's everything on your end? Do you need more leads? Do you need less leads? What's up? So I have the metrics as far as like the Facebook performance to to give us some some boundaries. Cost per lead, less than seven dollars, which is awesome. Uh, budget so far is only sixteen a day, so that's about four hundred fifty a month. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's there's plenty of room to go, yeah. right? If someone's in this position, like if they have a pretty good cost per lead and they're only spending this much, fifteen dollars per day, which is four hundred fifty per month. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Is would you double the budget? Would you?
0: It's all around timing. I mean, initially? so again, h- how far away until the community launches?
1: I don't know. That's all right. (laughs) That's a
0: good one. That's all right. I mean, I'll just give you the context there of of why I'm asking that question is if the community's not coming online for another four to six months, then Mm -hmm. that's kind of a slow burn. It's totally fine. In fact, you may not even need it if it's a hot enough community on its own or built in a desirable area. Whereas if you are down to your final two weeks before the grand opening process really kicks off with the VIP event, then yeah, you should you should double mm-hmm. down and get as much as you can. Partly because coming soon communities are a cheat code for a lead account. We've talked about that before. For sure. You're naturally going to get more for your money in terms of leads. And so it's it, before that opportunity goes away where you have to change the call to action, and we've had other people reach out to us about that. Hey, I've noticed when my call to action changes from join the VIP list to set an appointment or visit the model or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that it goes down Mm -hmm. and that's just because the fear elevates because now you can actually sell them something before it's just like well I don't want to not know so
1: tell me yeah the worst case Mm -hmm. is like I get extra emails like I'm already getting those anyways there's no there's no commitment to become a lead at that point
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so it it, and again that like like always we're just reverse engineering how how many is your goal how many are you trying to sell in the first day or the first week Mm -hmm. and running those those metrics backwards to figure out how many leads do i need or internally how much pressure are you getting like what is the expectation set that you're going to have 500 people attend a virtual or in-person event and you only have you know so all those factors come in but obviously that that low cost per lead yeah, if if you can afford to do more or you need to do more, you should. But you didn't need to know the timing and some other variables to really give the best sure. answer, I think. Good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And
1: I just I stalked my email. I'm like, I swear we talked about timing on this, but somehow it didn't come up yet. So Yeah. <laughs> cool. So who knows who who knows when it is? Find out. Awesome. So that's that's my story.
2: Nice.
0: Yeah, I think that's real, real rough numbers to keep things simple, which is dangerous, I know, but let's keep it simple <laughs> for the sake get this conversation around a thousand dollars a month uh, as a minimum number to stick in a budget if you're thinking proactively, like i've got a community launching later on this year and when do i start spending around 90 to 120 days before that community you want to start signing contracts you should you should budget at least a thousand dollars a month in additional beyond the foundational level stuff that you're always doing for the company as a whole or all of your communities as a whole Is a real good number to begin with. So already these folks at 450. Now advertising is on sale right now too, which is awesome. But 450 is a little bit light on a per month basis anyway.
1: Yep, I agree. And I I think if your cost per lead is that low, the past 14 day average is five 550, which is awesome. Like take advantage of it. Like get those Mm -hmm. people who are interested, and Mm -hmm. and especially if you have
0: other communities in the same area or price point that could transition over to them too. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, with also the budgeting now, the whole purpose granted, with all the different targeting and filtering, I mean, is that the goal in a sense to get as many as possible? Because I know at the, at the end of the day, it's also you vet through a lot of those to have like the meatiest bulk of that.
0: That's exactly my point is there were communities at Heartland where we never spent a dime. Uh I mean, why we don't need, we already had, you know, thousands of people on a list for a community that's been in coming soon status for two years. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to run an ad ever. Yep. And so cost per lead on that one, one,
2: zero, yeah. right?
0: zero time. Um, I mean, signage and time yeah. putting it on the website, but that was it. Yep. Nice. Yep. I got two story time. One just kind of fun. We're trying to really hard to buy a car right now.
1: Okay. And that sounds weird.
0: The irony here is <laughs> historically speaking, Mm-hmm. A lot of what online salespeople and the follow-up process and and things that we teach and work with builders to do today started in the car industry years before home builders really started to adopt it. And so they really led the way. But it has been horrifying. And I think I mentioned this somewhere else, either a webinar or another podcast, but horrifying to read the follow-up emails and okay. nurturing emails that I'm getting from them. Just extremely basic and poor Like, hey, I request information on when the 2021 Chevy Suburban is going to come out. And I get this email back like, well, if you're still considering a GM vehicle, we'd love to tell you why the five reasons, blah, blah, blah. I mean, poorly formatted, impersonal. Mm -hmm. And then we've we've been to a dealership now three times. Oh, my. And the last time my wife said, like, well, do you still have that car? We test drove it on the lot. And the guy's like, I'm not sure. What? And then his follow up question was, so when you, when when would you like to come back and, you know, keep moving forward on this? And oh, she's boy. like, well, is the car here? He's like, I'm not sure, but I'll see you tomorrow. I mean, it, was, it it's just bizarre like, what is happening. Oh, yeah. My. And also just lots of conversations that were somewhat inappropriate. Like, hey, how are you guys doing? Dealing with all this mask stuff and oh boy, and what do you think about the economy? And I asked about the 2021s. He's like, we don't even know when we're going to get 2021s, and it's kind of scary because we're running out of cars, and we don't know when they're going to get replaced. And we've got all this used inventory, and bringing up random cars that we haven't even you know you really should check out the Tahoe. Well, we have four kids who are only getting bigger every day, yeah, and a dog. So no, we don't want small cars. It's just Bizarre, bad Almost sales like tactics, bad follow up. Yeah, it, it was like going back to home builders circa 2007 when it came to <laughs> to how this stuff is. It was just strange. I, I would have expected most car dealers at this point to be light years beyond where mm-hmm, they were, but I they've would. kind of just been happy to stay in neutral. It seems like
1: that's strange, especially with like their frequency of transactions compared to a a builder. Yeah. Right. Like, like they're, they should be able to get the, get the reps in, whatever you want to call it, like a little bit quicker mm-hmm. to iron out the weirdness of the whole situation. If you're selling to someone in a massive six weeks, you feet know in front what else
2: you. you think of? You know, they're not probably getting the same amount of traffic that the traffic that they would come in would be treated like gold, you know, would have all, <clears> they'd have the, all the answers for you, or they would just do a more professional job at being able to make you feel at least like you're, number one. Yeah, right. I
0: mean, that it, it, it there were other people there shopping for sure, but it was by no means busy any of the times we were there. And yet part of me thinks this was strategic on their part to kind of be like, Hey, we're not going to give you some crazy discount, yeah. but they never talked about that. They were just like, well, you know what? We, we totally understand whenever you want to come back and, and think about it some more with us. We're here. Just yeah. very, very, very strange. Which made me think, just psychologically, is it the leader's fault that they're setting the salespeople up to be more hands-off? Is it the salespeople and where their headspace is at? Is it systems that are bad and and processes that they're being asked to follow? It's just fascinating, but we don't have time to help them because nah. we don't have time to help <laughs> all the builders who want right. help either. And then my other one is just a, an update, and again, I think I've talked about this other places, but late March, really March 13th to the end of March, we talked a lot about a general recommendation being of looking at your ad budget and trying to find 10 to 15% to take off the table. A lot of the builders we work with did that. None of them were upset that they did because, again, they still ended up getting more traffic. Ads were cheaper. All those things were good. But that really three- to four-week period of a 10 to 15% reduction making sense, that was over uh, mid-April. So by the time mm-hmm. this podcast comes out, it will be June. And you need to be back to where you were at the very least on ad spend to take advantage of just how crazy this market is right now. And we'll dive more into that in the news. So let's let's hop over there. First, as an aside, you guys all just missed out on something really big. (laughs) By the time you're listening to this episode, it will have already happened. But there was a special event on Tuesday, June 2nd, where Mike Lyon, Jen Barkin, and I presented the results of the Converse 2020 Home Builder Follow-Up Survey. And what made this one particularly interesting, and you can go back, get the recording and the PDF report, download at doconvert.com. link in the show notes. But we did two surveys in one. So we did a normal shop of 100 builders, as we have since 2012, the industry's largest and and uh, most in-depth home builder follow-up survey. But then when this all went down, we thought, you know what, we got to do another shop Because certainly everyone is doing the best follow up ever because online salespeople and salespeople are becoming more like online salespeople. So, this whole thing, all we have is digital leads, they must be getting the best service ever, but let's just check it out. So, we did a second survey in what we call during COVID. So, we have got pre COVID results and during COVID results for 2020. Be sure to check that out and probably on, on next week's episode. We'll talk a little bit more about some of those results in more depth. But if you missed it, go back and check it out. If you, And that'll also be part of uh, the answers to this week's question of the week. All right, moving on to CNBC.com. New home sales rose slightly in April. Define expectations nice. of a huge 22% drop. But prices did fall about 8.5% to an average sales price of 309000 But 1% increase. In April compared to March, according to the U.S. Census.
1: It's a lot better than a negative (laughs) 22. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Kind of going back to what we were talking about before about that expectation going into, you know, the last couple months what was to be expected and not being hit as hard uh as they thought. It's
0: good to see. You can't underestimate the power of interest rates. -hmm. And we've also talked about this idea of how many people had already started their search on December 26th when things really spiked and went nuts all the way through early March. And that's just psychologically, that's a hard process to put a pause on. You do if you have to, Mm -hmm. but if you're already talking about moving, that's continuing. And again, generally builders did good a good job of making it facilitating ways to still get that done. Uh, but then there's also this major reset that's happening where people are just reevaluating what's important. If I'm going to work from home for the next year or forever, it's worth finding the right kind of space. I'm more comfortable living further out. I mean, that's oh, ironically, yeah. this is one of the best things that mm-hmm. could happen to home builders, I think, because mm-hmm. most new home communities are further out anyway. And mm-hmm. so that trade off of, man, but my commute's going to be so long. Well, now when that's no longer in play and you need or want the extra space that a new home may give you, it's a good, it's a good trade off to have. Yep. So,
2: yeah,
1: I actually had that conversation last night with two different people that are both in one in engineering, and the other as a program manager from like a development team and they're both working from home now in older homes, like in the area that I am, um, like where I was looking before, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to buy one of those houses that are 50 year old. I'm going to get the new house mm-hmm. because of the floor plan, because I want to work from home. And they're like, man, it is terrible. I'm working on my dining room table, which is next mm-hmm. to my galley kitchen and, <laughs> and like all this stuff. I'm like, oh, and then, and they're like, and our house was $400,000. Like it's just, yeah, it's, it's their, their demand right now for those two individuals was like, I need a new house. Like, yeah. 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 Like you do. What's interesting in the article is um I'll, I'll read the quote. Part of that price decline was due to a shift in the mix of home selling. Homes priced below three hundred thousand sold the most, while those priced above five hundred thousand fell. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. when the higher priced homes recover. Yeah. Like, what will that look like? Because they will. I you know, they will.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, we don't. You know, the the two parts to the equation are supply and demand, and while, while this would lead you to believe that the demand is lower, the supply of inventory homes over 500000 available. Because what's interesting is the initial action that we were seeing was around inventory. And then as people either sold out or the consumer realized that just what they wanted wasn't available in inventory, mm-hmm. there were several builders that we work with who were telling me, you know, we, we would talk about the sales results, which were amazing. And I would follow up with, especially in the month of April, well, how many of those were inventory versus new builds? And it shocked me how how many of our builder partners said somewhere between 60, 70% or more of their sales were new, new pre sales versus existing mm. inventory.
1: Wow. Why do you think and that is? So,
0: why am I surprised? Or,
1: or why do you think that like people chose that? I have my thoughts on it. Like, I think people like it's what, you brand could new. like get rid of that stress tension of wanting a new home and then you're getting what you want, but you don't actually have to act on moving
2: right away so you're like oh
1: we could just later this year we'll move like this is great like but we that's our house i'm so excited for it i could sit in this euphoria of like that will be our dream home for eight months or however many months it is Mm -hmm. without actually having to do anything and sell your house you could get it ready or something
0: yeah exactly that i think that's that's certainly part of it the other part is as you go up in price point combined with a new and maybe even more emotional connection to what home is as we've all spent more time in it and potentially even what we don't want home to be it's like you know what i'm not willing to settle i want Mm -hmm. what i want and if i'm going to be spending close to half a million dollars on it and to your point i could continue to save money with with lower interest rate on my existing home that i refinanced a year ago or a couple months ago even Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think people are, they they want what they want. They want the features they want in it because they don't know if they're going to be forced to shelter in place again, mm-hmm. potentially in November or December oh. of this year. Um, but also just lack of supplies. A lot of markets already, like in February builders that we worked with were like, we have almost no inventory home left. And, and so.
2: Uh, well, you know what I was thinking about just now too is the, you know, the fact we're talking about everyone being, At home more. I'm curious in the last couple months how many people weren't thinking about a new house until spending all this time in the house that they're in and whether it's projects and all these, to now getting to the point where they're like, huh, like let's start looking. Like they they spend all this time, especially if you're not home a lot, you're not thinking about it. Whereas if you are, I know, I know personal friends that if they're working at the kitchen table, they don't have that extra room. They start to, to pay attention to the space around them so much more. They're now like,
0: I, oh, absolutely, we want
2: to get a bigger mm-hmm. house. Like this is, you know, I'll be, I'll definitely as the market continues to pick up and these numbers start increasing, I'll be curious how many people will come in saying like, you know, we weren't really considering this as a option until being at home all the time. So,
0: And that's it, definitely the, the last part of this article talks about how, You know, there's a six point three month supply Uh at the end of April of newly built homes compared to a four point two month supply of existing. Mm. So, contrary to what some other people have said for a long time, I still believe that while most people at some point in their customer journey do consider new when it comes to that starting point of their journey, most people begin with the idea of finding an existing home, Mm -hmm. and then when they become dissatisfied with their opportunities or because they're using promoted communities on Zillow they're they're discovering com- new communities that exist then it comes in the consideration set so i think it's been a one two punch to the positive for home builders that the lack of supply has been there both because they can't buy an existing home when it's not listed but also the dissatisfaction of what is still available it's probably been on the market for a year or more if it hasn't sold recently and so they're not they're the homes no one wants anyway so now let's consider new construction
2: and absolutely and move forward I, I could absolutely see that. You know, there's only so many homes you can go into bidding wars with if the b- demand is high for it, that leaving you disappointed, you end up just saying, oh, like, I may want to build and just, you know, get exactly what you want. Like you, Andrew, yep. said, having that leeway in between to be able yep. to, like, take a breather and, oh, very exciting, though. And we did
0: post in the Market Proof Marketing Group a couple of weeks ago about that dramatic increase in the bidding wars that are out there, too, uh, the Redfin yeah. was it Was it like 80%? the last the last time period compared to the time period before yeah, the virus was the like nine. It was something crazy like that. Yeah. Speaking of crazy, our next news story is uh, something written by a shady character named Kevin Oakley. <laughs> uh, what is getting builders through the spring and summer of 2020 might surprise you. And I wrote this for two reasons. One is for the people who are not in our industry who are thinking that if builders are doing so well, they want to know more about it. But the other is Again, we, we should be patting ourselves on the back and, and doing high fives for making it through the last couple of weeks and months. We, we absolutely should do that. But I feel like some people are saying like, we did this major shift in innovation and now all is well and we can relax and kind of just let that simmer. And so my question really was, what what is it that caused all this success to happen? Is it the builders changed their perspectives and attitudes and and how they do business or was it something else? And also for extra credit, in the back of my mind, there's a couple builders we work with, and I'm not saying this in a, in a disparaging way, they tried to offer things like virtual sales opportunities and um, virtual one-on-one appointments, but the their marketplace and where they're in the country, people had almost no interest in that. And so wow. they still did a lot of the work that other people did in trying to, to do this. But at the end of the day, like 98% of what they did, didn't really change at all. And yet their sales results, I think they're up uh, 35, 40% year to date compared to last year. And most of that, it's only accelerated that that growth year over year growth in March and April. So there's there's something else going on here. And sure enough, when we look at, two charts in the article one is google trend data which is not absolute numbers like but but on a scale of zero to 100 of how popular the term search term homes for sale is it's at 100 right now it can't go higher than 100 so you know you're like well yeah it looks good but it's not that good well it's at 100 now it can't go higher and then interestingly enough when we compared that to The Google organic data of the 50 plus builders in in our aggregate data pool, the shape of the chart is almost exactly the same as Google Trends data. So even if you're not a firm believer that Google Trends is a useful tool uh, or or completely accurate, when you line those two charts up, it's almost a one-to-one relation. And again, this is organic traffic from Mm -hmm. those 50 plus builders. Nothing to do with advertising. It's just the canary in the coal mine of how good is this marketplace.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. The uh, the graphs you could definitely see. I think it's just interesting going looking at it and go. Okay, well, there's there's Corona, there's COVID nineteen, like little blip yeah. that will always that will always be there. Uh, versus years prior, there's there's nothing going back to twenty sixteen.
0: Yep. Yeah. And again, that, I, what I think is interesting is the builders who cut back a little bit now. They just have a little bit more to push on the gas and and now kind of out shout, out the competitors who. Are having to like some some people potentially I've I've heard are even having to scale back a little bit because they were trying to push forward in that big dip, mm-hmm. and now they're they just don't have the opportunity to to really capture the marketplace that they wish they they could have had. Uh, probably the most tongue in cheek thing in here <laughs> was was I say <laughs> you know hey if, right if, yeah if home builders <laughs> were restaurants, <laughs> yeah. you know we finally all just started offering takeout as an option. And I'm not really sure that that qualifies as innovation. <laughs>
2: so,
0: no. You know, c- COVID-19 is not isn't, hasn't really changed a lot. It's just accelerated things that were already in their path. And I and give some op- examples there. You know, Matterport, it's been around since 2011. BombBomb was founded in 2006. Redfin started offering on-demand tours back in 2015. Zoom, DoorDash, it was all around pre-virus. So true mm-hmm. innovation, like something from nothing to solve a problem. There really hasn't been a whole lot of that. It's just been a whole lot of catch-up. And the silver lining for a lot of people listening and who read the article is that you could play catch-up. The market was there and is there now to support you actively figuring this out in the midst of all this chaos happening. Yeah. And that's, can you imagine if we had Great Recession-style consumer shopping activity for home builders? At the same time that there was, you know, thirty percent of home builders who had this figured out and were ready, and the rest that had no no clue. It would it would have just been completely different in terms of the outcome. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So keep innovating, keep keep working through. There's a few other points in there points in the article that that uh, I think would be interesting to talk about. But essentially, for those who keep innovating and moving forward. Like I said, now two and a half months ago, the, the market is as good of a market as I think I will see in my entire lifetime between now and August.
1: Which, and thinking about this, like if, if someone is listening and their builder does not feel like it's 100 in their uh-huh. area or like their demand, mm-hmm. like they feel like they're missing out and they have bandwidth, mm-hmm. where where do you think they should be pushing ad dollars? Facebook, Google, all of it?
0: Okay, so this is...
1: Trick question. I mean, maybe so going to be individual. controversial
0: to some people listening, yeah, or not. Or, yeah. But I, I actually think more likely than not, mm. a builder who is ex- not experiencing an uplift right now, it probably has less to do with advertising and more to do with how crappy their website experience
1: is. Oh, that's not a fun quick answer. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: that's not, that's well, and it's, and it's not necessarily something that we're going to help you with no. in terms. Of, but I mean, certainly we do website optimization and partnerships and. And user testing to figure that all out, but but I I look at people when they reach out to me and they're like, hey, we're still struggling. Any thoughts? And just quickly, you're like, on a scale of one to ten, your website is like a two. Two. Yeah. Maybe I can't a find a house. Five. <laughs> and so, because when you look at the organic surge, right? This is why I'm saying the the website is probably the website or the content on the website. One of those two things is probably the most broken. Mm-hmm. Because we're still in the scenario right now, ironically can't believe it it's happening where the rising tide should be lifting almost all boats. As long as people know you're open, know that you're available to do business and -hmm. you have a decent website, you should be seeing a lift. I agree.
2: And, and another thing too, which is don't, you know, it's an awesome article and just even reading some of the comments which it's i love reading these but just even one of the first ones about talking about how you know a lot of the builders taking on more of the innovative tactics or whether they're doing different implementations on their website to make that better since that's where a lot of traffic being a lot more virtually based has gone and continues to go how many mm-hmm. will have those innovations as more like permanent fixtures instead of you know, never wanting to go back to how things were. So it's it's awesome to also see things continually being a step in their, you know, future direction with things, whether it's the focus being on their website to improve or making things easier. Kevin, we've talked about this before, how a lot of things before were so difficult to find, whether it was a way to contact or... Andrew, we've talked, you know, floor plans being hard to navigate and seeing a lot, seeing, yeah, yeah, pictures and not, you know, some quality not being there. And now even, you know, they say innovation in quotes, but it's like a lot of them catching up finally. Sometimes it takes this for a lot of people to kind of get that boost and much needed.
0: Yeah, and and he's not here, so I don't want to talk about this too much because we'll definitely talk about it when when Mike comes back on with Jen uh, in a couple of weeks. But Mike is in full agreement with this general sent- sentiment that even though Mike Lyon and Jeff Shore um, and and Bomb Bomb, C. Pastinelli put out some great virtual sales content, and Jeff Shore has continued to put out some great things. I'm not certain that anyone is truly virtual selling at a scale that they might think they are right now, and what I mean by that is you know, we're still facilitating the transaction, overcoming, like, like the types of objections or or things happening in the virtual sales experience when we're at a a market level of 100 is completely different. Like the the drive and urgency of the consumer is completely different than trying to use a Zoom call to have a virtual conversation with someone who is, you know, knows four people down the street who have been foreclosed on in the past week. Like, if we again go back to great recession exactly. style scenario and trying to figure this out now, it would be, it would look completely different. I, mm-hmm. I think we know what, what helping the transaction move along in a virtual way looks like now. I still don't think we know what virtual selling really looks like because most people aren't, aren't doing it.
2: Yeah.
1: It makes sense. It, it reminds me of your car shopping story. As long as the, and this is, this could sound condescending to sales, but as long as they're not getting in the way, it seems like right now then they will get the sale like the demand like the person who wants the home wants the home demand is at the highest ever right now. Like as long as they're yes. not putting friction well, like this and- is why
0: I'm not a salesperson mm-hmm. weird strange story alert from Kevin Oakley. You guys are all used I, love to him. Now. I love him. I never knew when someone was flirting with me ever like I, I only <laughs> dated one and a half people Melanie. in high school. <laughs> Right. Well, even 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 with Melanie, it was like she would say, "Why don't you ever call me?" And I was like, "I just met her. I was like, I why I don't know you. Why would I call you? Like (laughs) I didn't. It just never. I can't. I didn't pick up on on those. uh, In general, I think I have a pretty good EQ, but not when it comes to to that. And maybe there's something about how the Oakleys shop where we don't express enough excitement in something for the salesperson to ask the question. But gosh darn it, the last two times we were on the car lot, all they had to do was say like, "Okay." Like there's not going to be a better price. We've appraised your car. You want to you want to buy it? And you had? And I all, guarantee you. Get
1: all the kids. My with wife you? would have said yes. So there are six yeah. of you. They're like, okay, no, here's.
0: No, that's the other thing. Like the, we <laughs> didn't bring the kids. Oh, I think that's right. another buying signal, right? Like the kids right. are not here. Oh yeah. So time. they have the time to sit for two hours and fill out mm. all the paperwork and do everything that's necessary. Like, that is so mm. weird. Just super weird. That's
1: um, weird. Yeah, just so don't get don't get in the way.
0: So so maybe maybe we're just not giving off enough good mm. buying signals, but right now. Buying signals from consumers are happening all over the place. Like being willing to show up for a virtual sales conversation, yeah. if that's not an enormous buying signal, what the heck is right? Because you just,
1: are going to participate and potentially <laughs> some weird yeah. awkwardness yeah. with someone. So
0: more yeah. to come on that. We'll dive into some specifics on on that idea in in a future episode when Mike and Jen can hop on. But I still just don't think we are really having to sell in a virtual scenario the way that that people might think we are the market is just it's it still is ironically it still is that good we don't really know what's working when it comes to that yet all right the last article from trust uh these are the folks who also have the um, marketing over coffee yeah. podcast which is one of our favorites uh they have an, an article here overuse pandemic terms and phrases so this is um just kind of a PSA on, like we all know, and I was guilty of it in my article. Will Duterstat sent me a text. I loved it. And all he did was highlight in my post where I said the word new normal. Now, yeah. for, for full yeah. context, I said the new normal will not be here until at least March of 2020. There you go. So I wasn't saying anything now is the new normal, but new normal is certainly an overused term. Uh, but the other big ones, maybe not a surprise. Our our response to COVID was used. Oh yeah, the most mm-hmm. new normal. We're in this together, and <laughs> together. last but not least, let's all say it together. In, in these, these un- uncertain, uncertain times.
2: times. Oh, oh gosh. yeah,
1: yeah. Our
2: response. I feel to like COVID, I'm, l- I'm yeah. like laughing over here, trying to like cover my mouth because I feel like. The amount of times the email had, you know, email headers or any type of communication you've you've gotten from anybody, a lot of other companies. That's like mm-hmm. the four I've seen.
1: Yeah, this is this is <laughs> yeah. like some nerdy this, stuff. A, a, yeah,
0: yeah, they got more great charts in here, and you know, like they mentioned that hey, some of these trends. Uh, top, the top three tapered down through April, but have picked back up again in May. Like marketers mm-hmm. haven't figured this out yet. There's like waves of <laughs> of the boss coming down saying, where is our new normal? We're in this together in uncertain times. Marketing piece. Get it yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> it I don't
1: know. Say something. Say something. Yeah, that, yeah that's a fun one.
0: Yep. I liked it. All right. That'll do it for the news. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, this week's 360 topic of the week is tools we love. We're going to talk to you about the websites, the apps, the tools, as I just mentioned, that, that we love and why we love them, how you can start using them yourself and more. We will be right back. All right, let's dive in to the tools that we love, why we love them and how you guys can start using them as well to make your life easier, make your team more efficient, just get get better results and track those results potentially too. So we're going to run through these pretty quickly. There will be links in the show notes to everything. A quick disclaimer at the top, some of these will also have affiliate links. And this is an awesome piece of news to be able to share. 100% of those dollars go to charity. And since... 2013 I need Drum to go roll. back and find the exact number but between uh, proceeds from the online sales and marketing summit which uh, in, in a couple of the years we gave those proceeds to charity between book sales between these affiliate links between you guys just being awesome at different times and donating over a hundred thousand dollars wow. has been donated to charity That on, is crazy. Uh, in, in total of all this stuff so We'll let you know when those links are in there, so you have the choice. You can sign up for it directly and pay the price, or you can. Usually, these affiliate links will give some type of discount or extended free trial, and uh, you just automatically give money to help help people in need. So two for one, good stuff. These are in no particular order. In yeah. fact, keep on your toes. I tried like four ways to find a good order to put them in. There wasn't, so let's just get going. The first one is Unbounce. Andrew, what is Unbounce? What
1: is Unbounce? Unbounce, uh, that will be all the landing pages we ever make are made yeah. through Unbounce. And then sticky bars. So at the uh-huh. top or bottom of the site, if there's like an 80 to 100 pixel message, that was super popular um, yep. with model home hours and our response to COVID. <laughs> and then <laughs> <Yes>. that's exactly <laughs> like, I think we saw that a lot. And then also mm-hmm. pop-ups too. Um, and then both the sticky bar and the pop-ups. You could set any type of rule you could ever, ever want for the most part to show it first time, second time, when they exit, all these sorts of things. So it's
0: Only on certain pages. One of my favorite things is you can choose a pop-up to only show when people come from a specific digital campaign. So if you're running an ad for inventory homes and you're linking out to a specific inventory home, you could have an unbalanced pop-up that only is shown to people who come from Facebook or Instagram looking at a particular inventory home, saying nothing else other than, hey, before you go, don't forget to check out the other 29 inventory homes we have available for you to look at. That's really cool. cool. Tons of options there. Some of the other things that are really cool about it is the design aspect is a a WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. Layout very easy. Uh, And the other thing that's great for our builder partners is we're able to share best practice templates to give people a head start there. So it's very easy to export and import different unbalanced page layouts. And so it is without a doubt of everything on this list. It's something that we usually introduce a builder partner to. Mm -hmm. And then after a couple of months, they're like, we definitely want our own account so they can get in there and get their hands dirty too. And generally requires like some of the least assistance on our part once they get in there. It's that yeah. easy to it's use. I Very that's easy. I was
2: gonna say that's one of the bonuses of this is just the user friendly and you, you can kind of feel like you don't have as mu- you know as much of that background, whether it be like graphic design mm-hmm. and whatnot, and be able to still feel like you're putting yep. something cohesive together.
0: It's exactly. Awesome it tool. links links to all the different CRM systems that you could ever want as well in terms of those lead leads flowing in auto magically to the system. And then when it comes to the sticky bars and the pop-up messages, one of the things people really love is that you don't have to get the website company involved. They just have to put one little line of code on the site, and then you have complete control to determine on your end when to turn it on, when to turn it off, when to change the creative. So it gives you a little bit more control than having to reach out and ask someone to do something and pay them most of the time some money to do that as well. Yeah. So there will be a link in the show notes, or you can go to now.doconvert.com slash unbounce. That is one of those affiliate links. I think it gives you 90-day trial and 20% off or something. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't pay attention to the emails they send me in promotional because it's just a tool that you're probably going to want to use. Yep. The next one, uh, again, Andrew, I'm going to let you uh, yeah. uh, leave us off it. here because this is definitely your world yeah, more yeah. than anyone else's.
1: For sure, Excel, Excel. Excel <laughs> and Google, <laughs> uh, yeah, really? Excel and Google Sheets. Oh, yeah, we definitely need yeah. it. Um, depending, So Google Sheets definitely is that if you're sharing and you need more than one person to access. Um, a cool project, we have a Google Sheet. that has data in it. It's tracking appointments and, and leads and whatnot. And then that imports over to Data Studio. So that's like just one kind of more nerdier setup. And then Excel... I use it when I'm building campaigns and Google. I'd say Excel has been a a cornerstone, I guess, for my career. Um if I didn't have Excel, I think I I don't know. It it's definitely a piece of it, but like that goes way back to like when I first started in marketing. I had to figure out how to use Excel to do this very large data sets and then I've continued to use it probably daily doing Oh, it's def- there's the there's things.
0: no doubt. When people ask me like couple years ago no one really asked me this anymore they're like so the ad doctor like what makes him so amazing and i was like well before we had becca before we had jackie before we even had jen we had andrew and kevin Kevin. and we were rolling with i think 23 24 builders Mm -hmm. and the only way that was possible was because of andrew's wizard skills in excel (laughs) and excel yes
1: it's it and once your mind can get there, this sounds like I'm Yoda or something, or I'm, I'm like preaching. But like, once you figure out it's how to use excel, and then use you can Cine, you can
0: say all this, but it's, it's the matrix. matrix. And like, some people are, can go in the matrix, and some people, people can't.
1: Can. And then you're, you could just build whatever you want, as far as if you could import and export. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So definitely learn it if your brain is geared towards the matrix.
0: Excel, Google Sheets, plus scripts is probably the. Oh, Candacea, yeah. Oh, right? yeah. I forgot. I had that. Just a little, little a bit speak. of programming, little teeny bit of programming, and, a little and bit. you'll be off to the races. Yeah, that, that's when you can really just make things happen that, that people are like, how can you do that? How can, how can you get all that done? How is that possible? Uh, next up, Data Studio. Connected to Google Sheets. Uh, so any data that can go into a Google Sheet can be visually displayed in Data Studio. And it's, it's a free tool from Google. You will have to pay at times to pull different data sets into it easily and quickly. To do that, we recommend a tool called Supermetrics, which has lots of uh, ways to feed in data from literally, I mean, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook ads, organic content. It's got everything in the kitchen sink in a really intuitive, easy to use fashion. So there is no affiliate link to Data Studio. That's completely free. But now.duconvert.com Supermetrics if you want to get a discount off of a new sign up there. The reason I love Data Studio is because it allows you to easily and quickly, not quite as easy and quickly as Unbounce, unfortunately, but create ways to visually display information in ways that especially can be helpful to other departments and leaders who don't, they don't want to log into analytics. They don't want to log into Facebook. They don't want to log into Google, but they want to know what's happening and be able to review creative or or results or spend data easily and quickly Mm -hmm.
1: and i think it's good you could also protect yourself from certain managers from getting too deep into the weeds on on data you could be like yeah i made this just for you this is perfect for you exactly what you need and then they're not driving you crazy with hey what does this mean what is this thing over here you could prevent them from getting distracted
0: yes it's just i can't tell you how many people have this has been a game changer for them some of the people when we start working with them We're asking, hey, what kind of reports do you currently get, either internally or from your previous provider? And like, well, we get a monthly PDF or maybe an Excel file to keep the Andrews of the world happy. We're like, how about a live dashboard? And they're like, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Uh, One, because it never changes in theory, right? But secondly, because it doesn't require um, a lot of manual data entry. You You can get some things into Data Studio from your CRM, as well, there's uh, Supermetrics plugins for HubSpot. Uh, Lasso has the ability to export for a small fee per month uh, your Lasso data, basically everything that's in Lasso that you can slice and dice there. So if you want to do follow-up reports on, on which communities are following up the most or lead volume, sales volume, all that is possible with Data Studio as well. It is not, though, the most powerful tool in the world, and there are a few limitations. I, told Andrew this a couple of weeks ago. We had uh, one of the builders we work with in the Pacific Northwest. I don't think they've given me the okay to share their name. I, I'm always, I can never win. Sometimes people are like, why didn't you say my name? I want, I want to hear my name Oops. on the podcast. Um, That's funny. But they, they got Microsoft Power BI working. Oh, and showed me a, a screenshot of it. Fancy. And what was awesome is sometimes people are disappointed that Data Studio doesn't tell you all the answers. It's a dashboard. It's not doing analysis and recommendations. Yeah. That's like, that's still your job. It's like you're driving. Yeah, it's yeah. It's there. Whereas Microsoft BI, which stands for Business Intelligence, mm-hmm. definitely uses AI a little bit more and can make recommendations. Like, did you realize that if people visit this page and then submit a lead as a text, they're three times more likely to purchase than the average lead in your database that kind of stuff and it just magically is displayed it takes a lot more setup a little more learning curve but that's a good uh, second data visualization analysis tool as well we also have in the show notes links to two different recipe cards if you don't have any data studio reports already built we've got two kind of fo- one foundational one a little bit more advanced that you can use as a starting point that we'll link to as well all right moving on call rail I feel like at this point, everyone knows what that is. Uh, We've been talking about it and using it since 2012, 2013. But it is still our favorite and preferred call tracking tool. It's not amazing for texting and text tracking or SMS use. It can do it. That's not the reason we love it. (laughs) The reason we love it is very simple call tracking, call routing, call reporting. And other insights. If you do not have call tracking in place, you have a blind spot to at least probably 50% of your entire lead volume.
1: And that's world. definitely not having takeout or even mm-hmm. like doors, <laughs> right. I feel like.
0: <laughs> that's Yeah. Yep. Very inexpensive. I think it's $30 a month beginning for 10 numbers to track. Um, every community does not need its own number. Definitely don't go overboard. I think we did a whole episode on CallRail, so we'll move on. Zapier. Zap attack. The zap attack. Yeah. So this is a way to connect and let two programs talk to each other that were not designed necessarily to talk to each other. So it's an API for APIs. Very meta, but um, you can use Zapier to connect all kinds of things. Like, for instance, because I'm a nerd, I use Zapier to change an icon in my Slack status to a little man on a laptop so that the rest of my team knows when I'm on a call. Oh, before they send me a message. It's so sneaky. I just integrated cool. you know, Google Calendar and Slack and made the rule and off ah. to the races. You can have a free Zapier account and get a limited number of zaps, these pre-recorded pieces, but it's also very affordable and a great way to integrate things. If you're trying to get data into Google Sheets or into your CRM and all else fails, Zapier is a great way to do it. But there's all kinds of uses and ways to... And again, it's, it's mostly drag and drop or most things have a drag and drop functionality in terms of building out the rules for it, but you can also uh, get, get dirty. If your it wants to go in there and program some stuff uh, for you, they can do that as well. Yep. All right. Let's take a break from the nerdiness. We'll come back to the next one here on the list, guys. Let's go to uh, Photoshop and Canva. Yay. And Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, let, yay. let you jump in our
2: digital well, designer. Absolutely. Viva. I was going to say, so Adobe in general, but I'm sure more people know of Photoshop, which is the graphic editor. It's like you can create pretty much anything, retouch images, control a lot of different aspects of anything creative, marketing wise. And then also a side note with that, if you're not as tech savvy or, you know, feels comfortable relearning a whole new design system, there's Canva, which is awesome. Another awesome tool. It's a graphic design platform that is so user-friendly. I've had fun working in there sometimes if I need something quick, uh, drag and drop features, layouts. You can, um, Pretty much put anything together uh, with templates for social media graphics, presentations, posters, anything visually for content, web or mobile.
0: Yeah, and in so, a pinch, and- Canva does a great job. I will say that if you're not doing like basic layouts, if you're trying to do something that looks more like it's been designed and you're using one of their templates, mm-hmm. uh, Canva can come back to haunt you if you care about appearing unique. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, oh yeah.
2: I've seen. It's funny you say that. I've seen certain templates used similarly between two home builders. It, you know, that have that same template and trying to be unique.
0: That yeah, not cool. even home builders. I think Andrew, you've even just like show, Slack stuff out to the group of like, well, this person did. There are even PowerPoint templates, right, in Canva or something similar, like building presentations. You're like, oh, there's, That's, and then
1: there's a whole like COVID section now so then they got the of course like the the stamps and then uh yeah so and then and i'm sure they sort it by popularity as far as Mm. like if you click on like um ribbons and then here's the most popular ribbon so eventually there will be definitely be some overlap yeah
0: yeah there's a huge template in there camp is a great tool photoshop is definitely more powerful um and i would say at most or at the very least what you need to be able to do in photoshop as a marketer in today's world is open up a picture and in three minutes or less, be able to elevate the quality of that image yep. from a five to an eight uh, or a four to a to a seven. Mm-hmm. At least get three or four more points of awesomeness by just doing some basic touch-up in Photoshop. Whether it's design work or not, there's really other Adobe products that are more meant for design and layout. But Photoshop's a great tool. Canva in a pinch can, can help you out. Absolutely. Also, I'm going to throw in a bonus one. Uh, Lightroom is also uh, fantastic yeah. as the app on your iPad or phone. one to take pictures. It has an HDR setting built into it that yeah. supersedes anything else I've ever used before. Nice. Uh, HDR is high, di- high dynamic range. So getting the best combination of lights and, and, and darks in the image, especially when the windows are open, fantastic. And then it has an amazing auto button that you can push to do a lot of what I was talking about in terms of photo retouching much, much faster. So Lightroom is also a fantastic tool.
1: The um right. the, the HDR would do something where like if it, the sunlight's coming through the window, if, it, mm-hmm. if the picture's taken, the window could be white, solid white, or right. it could be super dark. So this combines all that. So you could, it's not like awful. Yeah, it's taking and, three right. to
0: five images at different brightness levels and then okay. putting them all together so that you okay. get a broader okay. range of image. So your okay. eye automatically is an HDR lens. Ooh. Fancy. So it lets you see more like what you see with your naked eye. Okay, cool. The next one up, back to back to the tech world, Homefinity. Ooh. So Homefinity is a platform, one of those potentially nebulous words, but it is the platform that drives websites in particular from our favorite website partner, the, the team at O'Neill Interactive. So there are other platforms out there. There's uh, Builder Cloud. Graphic Language has their has their own. Uh, And they also build out new home feed originally before it was purchased by team at Zillow. There's lots of different back ends, but homefinity is amazing in its simplicity one. So in terms of managing the setup of communities and floor plans, we had someone, uh, a VP of sales and marketing for a large builder. It's in multiple States. And we asked, Hey, how's the new website going? How do you feel about homefinity? And she's like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like it's so easy. You drag and drop and it's intuitive. And, And fast. And I even just made some, I added some communities on the site myself just because it was so easy. (laughs) And we were like, okay, time out. Like, that's not your job. You've got other people on the team who should be doing that. I mean, but it was a great point that she made of just when you need all hands on deck to load content and get things built out, having a system that's that easy and robust and powerful for you to use. And every year, I think I, I, I can try to pull it up here quickly. Every year they roll out like over a hundred free updates to the system. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you, when you log in, it shows updates and uh, change reports. And um, this year we don't quite have on pace to be a hundred, but last year I think there was like 60 or 80. And those are all rolled out at no cost.
1: There's Mm -hmm. a Facebook group. I'm in for it. And I feel like it's like all the time. I'm like, Oh, that's a nice update. They're, they're even, they'll even do things. I feel like I'm like, yeah, pump them up a lot, but like things that aren't even necessary, but like it just makes it easier to use. Yes, like back to like the the VP of marketing that you were talking about, like things that are just like a little bit friction points where like if you change this screen to that screen, you have to restart some process. Like, hey, we fix this now. It's you save six seconds, and you're like, oh, cool, that's nice. Yep,
0: yep. And then it's tracking just a ton of data from your site as well, and you can put that data to use. So they have Homefinity Analytics which gives you insight into user behavior, lead flow. They have things to talk about the quality of the content on your site, so it will make an alert and say, hey, Happy Acres has a low quality score in terms of content, Mm -hmm. and it gives you content scores based upon location, the home plans themselves, inventory homes, spec homes, Uh, There's an alert I'm looking at right now that says, you know, the Clarendon plan at Happy Acres has a data score of 53% out of 100. Oh, man. You should consider adding more content. And there's a button you can just click to go straight there and do it as well. And then probably our current favorite tool about Homefinity, and this is accessible to anyone, whether you use O'Neill for your website or not. Um, You can send them the data feed of all this information on your site, and they will create a daily change report. And the magic of this is every time you make a change, add a community, remove a community, change the status of a community from coming soon to active, to close out, modify pricing and square footage, et cetera. You can add other partners oh. on that change report. Hmm. And every morning they just get a nice little email in their inbox that says, here's all the stuff that has changed. So when you are working with someone, and you change the price point of a community and you currently have a problem remembering to tell everyone else. And this wouldn't necessarily just be digital marketers either. It could be your sign company vendor. If, someone, if you have another vendor who's doing your brochures and floor plan information, this can keep everyone on the same page just by you making changes to the site the way you always have. It's, it's, it is a game changer, especially for larger accounts to be able to keep things moving without a whole bunch of extra back and forth.
1: Yeah, I definitely like that feature. That's good. One. Yeah,
0: it's it's fantastic. So Homefinity is definitely a tool that we love uh, from from the website end. Let's get back to the creative world. Banner snack. Uh, this is this is a very interesting one that maybe I mean display ads get talked about so little nowadays because mm-hmm. we all kind of know that no one's clicking on them. <laughs> For the most part, the, the CTRs on them are not amazing. That's okay, though, with Google because we don't pay if they don't click. So Banner Snack, if you remember, we talked about the, the, the Netflix um, impact of bingeable content and creating all this content. And one of the things we talked about that was once you make a podcast, a, a blog series, a video series, a testimonial series, you should and can create remarketing messages around all these different kinds of content. Well, that could be very, very time intensive if you don't have a tool like banner snack. So uh, if one of you wants to just give a quick overview on kind of what it can do and why it's kind of like the Canva of display ads. That's exactly what I was going
1: to say. It's the Canva display ads. And then there's templates like it's yeah. The Canva of of Google, Google display network. So if you remember making those, you have how many different sizes that you should be making like Mm -hmm. six. If you ignore the, the mobile only ones
0: yeah we usually have four or five sizes that we recommend people use they get the best results none of which are mobile sizing you should not be doing mobile display ads those are all accidental clicks and people will hate you for it
1: yeah from my Mm -hmm. children
0: watching youtube
1: (laughs) (laughs) and clicking ads (laughs) yeah so that i mean that's like the the 101 that's the summary yeah it's it's the canva of
0: gdn
2: yeah add a background animate text shapes experiment with different colors
0: animations are the big win here there's a Mm -hmm. bunch of pre-built animation styles and then the other big win is you can design one layout and then generate multiple layouts based upon it kind of auto magically saying i I understand what you're trying to do here and resizing and redoing them for multiple outputs so Mm -hmm a great workflow tool yep. to accelerate because right now most builders still all you're doing is the hey remember us we're here this is what we build and how much we cost mm-hmm. and there's so much more that we could be communicating with display yep. ads that cost almost nothing when they're yep. done on your own and, and I think Google the only display.
1: way to do those is if that's more of a internal um, mm-hmm. project with something like this where you could just make it in five minutes and be done
0: yep you got it all right Calendly This is the scheduling tool that we use and has since been adopted by many other people in the industry, which is which is fine. We talked before, we don't mind people copying. It's okay. And even builders have reached out to us recently and said, this tool for scheduling calls with you works so well. We were wondering if we could use it for other things like service appointments for our customers to be able to schedule self service times for for people to come up and come back and do, you know, your your one year walkthrough. Uh, why go through all the back and forth and have all that? So yeah. all it does is it lets you create rules of availability, link to multiple calendars, and um, give people a quick way to click a single link, see when you're available, book it. Uh, you can also get have, have it send out automatic reminder emails coming up before that appointment. Um, it's just a really, really slick way. I mean, there's no reason i I forget the exact number, but I think I think in total for the do you convert team, we have to schedule between our leadership calls, coaching calls, et cetera, over a hundred and eighty some calls a month. Mm. and oh there's my. just no way that we would be doing all the back and forth there on logistics like that so
1: one of the the things that I was at the online sales academy that was in Phoenix was that in February? One of the features that the, the OSCs really liked that their their salespeople loved was that the OSCs were able to schedule appointments for for the sales agents mm-hmm. without seeing why that time is not available. So uh, there's yeah. privacy of the calendar, mm-hmm. but it's just blocked out. You don't even like it's. You really don't even know yeah. why. It doesn't matter why because it's personal or whatever yep. reason is there. there.
0: Um, I have heard people say like enough with this automated calendar stuff already, but I'm just telling you it, would, it, it saves, again, probably an easy 10 hours a month of our life by using this link. Some people are like, it's so impersonal. We don't get to talk back and forth about scheduling. <laughs> we got too many things to schedule. Yeah. So it's a fantastic tool and for us to, to use. That's funny. Moving on. We got three more and we're done. Loom. Uh, use loom.com is the website for that tool but it's a it's a fantastic easy snappy screen recording tool i just sent jackie one yesterday we were working through some stuff with illustrator and you know could you use another tool and upload it to youtube etc but it, it takes out your recording and then when you hit done you've got the link ready to send. You don't have to yeah. download a file, upload a file, add comments. It's just ready to go. It's, it's the greatest thing ever. And we have many builders who have since used Loom to, move, to, to do things like updates from the sales leader to the entire company, um, rolling out cool. new training opportunities. It's just a, it's a great way, like the next piece that we're going to talk about, BombBomb, to stay in touch with large groups of people or just to give an answer to a question that is repeatedly asked and then you could archive it, put it in place for for repeat use later as well. So you can you can build a library over time of little videos. It is free to use. I think you do have to create an account and pay for it if you want to save more than an, an archive of more than twenty videos. But I believe those videos still show up. So as long as you're diligent in, in organizing them, uh, you would not necessarily have to pay for a full account. Bomb bomb, like I mentioned, is the next one. Light callrail, something that we. have Introduced the industry to many, many years ago when Mike uh, first started talking about them. Now ubiquitous, uh, e- even large national builders are hopping on the bomb bomb train. It's video email. So what is that? Mike says it best. It's, it's voicemail with a face, short, brief, succinct messages where you're communicating through the power of video as human to human as you can get without, vis- without actually being in front of someone. And again, there's an app, very great, easy to use tool. You should definitely be using video email as part of your follow-up system.
1: I believe they make it super easy to, like, if you want to knock out 30 videos in an hour, like you could kind of not batch them, but like, it's, it's just like Loom where you could, there's no Uh extra steps involved in doing the video. You just start the video.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You can create a quick send template, which all you're doing is recording the video and you can hit send right away and the rest of the template around the video is already in place or if if you want to add more text you can you can still do that but yeah they make it as as slick and and easy as possible awesome some people say I don't get why do you need video email I could just text an email or I could just email a YouTube link again no upload download but also deliverability wise uh the file size is extremely short they're seeing a preview animated gif that's my favorite part person talking and then you click on it it's it's opening up a web page with with the video that can be watched without having to go through spam guard last but not least no shock or surprise here a crm system and our favorites are definitely lasso and hubspot they both are fantastic tools lasso is the premier crm for new home builders specifically as well as condo projects HubSpot has a little bit more flexibility, but the folks at Lasso are, have definitely been in overdrive at creating new features to try to to try to improve their overall experience. Lasso is a CRM that I used at uh, my Builder for a long time. Absolutely fantastic tool. HubSpot's another alternative. And if you don't know what a CRM is, we ain't got time to tell you about it now.
1: <laughs> you made it really far. You made
0: it <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: You deserve a shirt or something.
0: All right. We're not going to take a break, even though we typically would at the end of a 360 session. We're going to hop right into your answers to a question of the week that we never even asked on the podcast. So we're going to ask it now before I tell you what everyone else already answered. And the question was, hey, we're doing this home builder shop results. And hey, in the middle of COVID, when most builders only had online leads to work with, do you think the results of our survey are going to show that follow-up by home builders got worse, got better or stayed the same? So got worse, got better, stayed the same. Most of the listeners in our audience are pessimists. So, or realists. <laughs> no. Why don't you take your, you take your choice, but that one, That's won funny. by three votes. So it was pretty, it was close. It was, it was relatively close. Uh, and number two was got better. Number three with only a handful of votes was stayed the same. And I'm, we're not going to reveal the full results again. We'll, we'll wait for that for next week so you guys have time to go back and watch the recording of the webinar and get the get the document for yourself. But the answer is it did get better. Oh, Not by much, but it did get better.
1: Interesting. Well, I was wrong. I said got worse. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but maybe I'm right in some way. We'll find out.
0: I think, yes, without giving it all away. I think in all, it actually probably was worse. But the numbers themselves did get a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So good good job, everyone. I'm getting slightly better during the largest pandemic of our lifetime when all you had was digital leads. (laughs) Good job on getting (laughs) a little bit better. Oh man. All right. That'll do it for this week for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more. Check out dconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. We'll see you next week.